Well, welcome to Yonville Community Church this morning. Uh, as you can see, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, so welcome to our special Thanksgiving service for 2020. I uh, wonder what you're thankful for this year. We're going to reflect on that a little bit this morning. Uh, but I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for these uh, wonderful humans either side of me, for our family. Uh, we're thankful for this turkey and we're pretty excited to eat that in a minute. So happy Thanksgiving from our family to yours. And uh, we're going to hear now from... Uh, some people from church about what they're thankful for. I'm thankful that I know the Lord and I know the Lord's in control. What I'm grateful for in this year is that I have the opportunity to turn for God for all my worries and troubles. I'm thankful that the Lord is my shepherd. For his sovereignty, in the middle of all of the uh, world's crisis. I give thanks to God for saving me and guiding us through this past year. I'm grateful to the Lord for the uh, care that he showed a little girl abandoned at a railway station in central China, and then uh, putting that little creature into our arms about a year later. We're thankful for family, um, good health. I'm thankful for a God who has foreseen all of the world's troubles and has blessed his followers with the promises of his word. We are thankful for fall color in Napa Valley and family life. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, my name's Joanna. This year, I'm thankful for the time that we've spent together as a family. And now I'm going to read the Bible, Psalm 34, verses 1 to 8. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Well, today is a first for me. This is my first ever Thanksgiving sermon. Uh, a year ago, we'd just moved here from Australia. My very first Sunday at Yonville Community Church was Thanksgiving. And so actually, I didn't say anything special about Thanksgiving, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm really thankful that you didn't get me in trouble a year ago for ignoring Thanksgiving. Um, but... Today is my first Thanksgiving sermon ever because we don't have Thanksgiving in Australia. Uh, we've seen it on television, um, but Thanksgiving is not an Australian tradition. Uh, my understanding is that Thanksgiving originated with the pilgrims. Um, somebody told me today is the 400th anniversary of them arriving. Um, but it began with the pilgrims as a celebration uh, of harvest after their first difficult year in a new country. Um, it sounds a little bit familiar doesn't it? Uh, I know I've had a much easier year than the pilgrims did. 
uh, but 2020 hasn't been without its challenges. Uh, and it's been a challenging year for all of us, uh, not just here in the Napa Valley, but all the way around the world. And so the question we have to ask ourselves as we come to church this morning is, what are you thankful for in 2020? And how will you look back on 2020 and see blessing and provision and the protection of God? And if we can look back on it, how can we look forward and take that thankfulness into whatever season or whatever the coming season brings? We're going to be looking at Psalm, 1, uh, Psalm 34 this morning to help us answer those questions. So why don't we pray and then we'll open the Bible together. Our Heavenly Father, as we reflect on a challenging year, I help us to see your goodness and your sovereign hand over every circumstance. Give us thankful hearts as we remember your promises and your provision and give us all joy in thanksgiving today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I love the idea of thanksgiving. And scientific research shows that thankfulness is, is actually very good for us. Uh, for example, a neuroscientist from USC found there's a link between gratitude and the parts of our brain that are tied to social bonding and reward and stress relief. Uh, another study linked gratitude with oxytocin production. Uh, oxytocin is known as the cuddle hormone or the love hormone uh, because our brains release that hormone when people snuggle up or bond socially. Our researchers out of Berkeley have shown uh, the benefits of gratitude on mental health and they've put all of their research into a new book called The Gratitude Project and we'll put a link to the book below if you'd like to read it. But in all of that research, the benefits of gratitude come when we practice gratitude regularly, uh, when we express our gratitude, when we put our gratitude into words. Uh, and in all of the studies, the participants would either keep a thankfulness journal or write gratitude letters, or just make a regular habit of putting their thankfulness into words. Because our words are powerful. And words can shape the way that we think about the world around us. The writer of Psalm 34, King David, he understood the power of words. Listen to how he starts the psalm. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. By the way, this psalm is an, an alphabetic acrostic uh, in the original Hebrew language. That is, every line starts with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, all of those. Um, that's a little fun fact for you. But come back to the idea that words are powerful because the psalmist makes a choice to speak positive words into his situation. No matter what happens, I will extol the Lord at all times, says David. His praise will be on my lips always. I will glory in the Lord. Uh, the word extol is translated as bless in many of the other Bible versions. And, and I think this represents a choice for David the psalmist. Uh, we could look at our circumstances and curse God. Why did you do this? Or we could choose to bless God. And David says, no matter what, I choose to bless the Lord at all times. Uh, the next two lines carry a little repetition in the original Hebrew. Uh, praise and glory, they both come from the same root word in Hebrew. Both come from the hallelujah word. And so we could crudely translate verse 1b and 2 like this. A hallelujah will always be on my lips. I will hallelujah in the Lord. Uh, there was a big worship song this year that came out of a church uh, in Northern California called I Raise a Hallelujah. Uh, you might have heard it on the radio. 
Uh, but the words are all about continuing to praise God and to glory in Him, to, to raise a hallelujah, whether we're faced by enemies or storms or doubt or unbelief. Regardless of what comes our way, David says, keep God's name on your lips. Keep praising Him and you'll keep the right dialogue going on in your head. Because it's so easy to listen to the words of the tempter, isn't it? You know, the one who undermines our confidence. The one who loves to sow the seeds of doubt. The devil loves to get inside our heads. And that's why I love this psalm so much. David writes this psalm for people who've been listening to the wrong voices. He reminds them to listen to the right verses, to the right voices. Verse 2b says this. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David wants those who are afflicted to listen to his testimony. He wants to come alongside them. He wants them to hear his bold choice to speak words of hope in danger. He wants them to hear and rejoice, to to listen and have their joy restored. I know that 2020 has been difficult for many of you. Some of you have shared the hard things in your life with me. We've prayed over illness and death and estrangement and mental health and all kinds of hardships and other afflictions. I mean, collectively, we've all lived through a pandemic that's changed our day-to-day existence and it continues to produce uncertainty about the future. It's easy to uh, to feel overwhelmed by it all. But in this psalm, David teaches us that there is something we can do to reorient ourselves in the middle of trouble and that, that is to keep speaking truth about the greatness of God, no matter what enemy we see before us. Uh, And that's what verse 3 is all about. Uh, The ESV and King James translate this verse, magnify the Lord with me. We need to magnify God. That is, we need to look closely at how big and powerful and majestic and wonderful God is. Uh, We need to keep making Him big in our lives, making Him the biggest and the most impressive thing that we see before us because it's way too easy to let the hard things in life grow out of proportion you know our problems can sometimes seem insurmountable or unsolvable or unmanageable but when we look at our problems alongside the God who spoke creation into being just with his words are our problems really that powerful see sometimes it takes a friend to help us see the truth And that's what David does. He encourages all of the afflicted to remember God's greatness with him, to lift God's name on high, to join him in the hallelujah. What words are you speaking to yourself in the middle of the storm that is 2020? What is the narrative that you're telling yourself about 2020? Is it a narrative that puts God firmly on the throne, that puts God unquestionably in control of today and tomorrow? Are you speaking a hallelujah over every day that the Lord has given you in 2020? And that's your self-talk. Now, I want you to think about the words that you speak into the lives of those who are around you, whether they trust in the Lord or not. What testimony are they hearing from your lips? Are they hearing your testimony to God's greatness as you speak about 2020? Are your words bringing gospel comfort and peace and joy and hope and thankfulness to those who are listening to you, to those who hear you speak. See, words are powerful. That's our first big idea. Our second big idea is that our words 
are not just hot air. They don't fall on deaf ears. Uh, bookshops are full of self-help books, um, books about the power of positive thinking. Is that the essence of David's exhortation? Is that all there is to it? Is it just the power of positive thinking? Think good things about God and everything will turn out all right. To push it a step further, should we expect to be able to think those thoughts and then live a life free of affliction if we trust in the Lord? Well, that wasn't David's experience. Uh, when we read the attribution at the top of this psalm, it says, a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech who drove him away and he left. This psalm seems to be written during the time when David had to run for his life. He had to run away from King Saul because King Saul was trying to kill him. Uh, remember, David had been anointed by the Lord as king over Israel, but Saul was still on the throne and things got messy. And David finds himself hiding in the royal court of his enemy, the king of the Philistines. And the Philistine king recognizes David. Um, David had been a general and he'd done all kinds of damage. And he said, isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. See, David found himself out of the frying pan and into the fire. And so David pretended to be mad. He, he drooled into his beard. He, he would scratch on the doors with his fingernails until the Philistine king sent him away. So did David live a charmed life because of his magical words about God's greatness? Well, the answer is no. Back in Psalm 34, David reminds us in verse 19 that the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. In this psalm, David looks back on a difficult moment in his life and he has a testimony about how God rescued him, how God helped him through the trouble, how God was faithful to, bring, uh, faithful to his promise to bring David to the throne by saving him from his enemies along the way. And we see that refrain time and time again throughout this psalm. God promises to deliver those who call out to him. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. We have a promise-keeping God. He promises to hear us when we cry out to Him. Our words aren't just hot air that disappear. They're words that remind us of the one who is able to do more than we could ask or imagine, the one who is powerfully at work within us by His Spirit. Ephesians 3.20 In some ways, we're nothing like King David. We'll probably never find ourselves on the run from one king and threatened by another. But there will be times when we fear for our jobs, when we fear for our health, when we fear for our families. And the threat might remain before us, but listen to what David says in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. As we face all kinds of difficulties in life, the temptation will be to make that problem into the biggest thing in our life, to let it loom over us, to let it dominate our thoughts, to let it steal our confidence in God's bigger plan for us. Because God has a bigger plan for us. The Bible is absolutely clear about the future for those who trust in Jesus Christ. 
It's a future without evil. It's a future without suffering. It's a future where God keeps his promise to make us his children and to make us heirs of the kingdom. It's a glorious future, just like David faced, only even better. And so what could get in the way of God's good plan for you? What enemy is so big that God's plans might be thwarted? Is it coronavirus? Is it cancer? Is is it your sobriety? Are, Are any of these problems so great that they could prevent God from rescuing you and bringing you into his kingdom? The answer is no. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And nothing that will stop God from bringing about your ultimate rescue if you trust in him. Demons, death, disease, they are powerless against the one who is bringing all of history towards the day when Jesus' kingdom triumphs over all others. Even Satan can't stand in the way of God's plans because Jesus has dealt with our sin and he's dealt with Satan's grip on our souls. Jesus has dealt with our sin. He's dealt with our shame on the cross so that not even our unrighteousness will hold us back from God's promises if we ask Jesus to rescue us from it. And that's the joy of the gospel that David knew also. Verse 5, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Whenever Moses would meet with the Lord, do you remember his face would be radiant? Literally, it'd be glowing. And there was something about being in the presence of the Lord that made him glow. And David says it's the same for everyone who knows God and trusts him deeply. There's something radiant about them, something peaceful about them, something that's different. This is not about hollow words of affirmation, but an abiding trust in God's promises experienced in the past and and the present and anticipated in the future. Are these the promises that keep you steady in the storm? God kept these promises for King David. He kept these promises for Jesus. And if you read a bit more in the, in the psalm, you'll see that uh, alluded to. And God will keep these promises for you regardless of what fa- difficulties we face. And that's a big idea too, to remember God's promises of deliverance. That leaves us with one last idea to finish off. The proof is in the pudding. Now, I know it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without pie, particularly pumpkin pie um, and pecan pie or pecan pie. Until just a few years ago, I'd never tasted pumpkin pie. It's just not a thing in Australia. Uh, You can't buy pumpkin in a can. You don't see pumpkin pies in stores. And even Starbucks didn't have pumpkin spice latte until just a few years ago. I know we're very backwards. And so when we got to our friend's house one night for dinner and the wife announced that we were going to have pumpkin pie for dessert, I have to admit, I was a little bit wary. If we're in church right now, I'd be asking for a show of hands about who likes pumpkin pie and uh, who thinks it looks like baby food. Well, it turns out pumpkin pie is pretty good. And uh, so is pumpkin spice latte, by the way. Sometimes you just have to try something to find out if it's good. David writes to people who are facing big enemies, people who are finding it hard to trust that God is bigger than whatever they face. And that might be you. You might be listening today thinking, I'm just not sure if God can deal with this thing that is going on in my life right now. I'm not sure if I can trust what we've read today. I'm not sure that I want to put all my eggs in the basket and ask God to look after them. If you're thinking that way, you're not alone. All of us have been thrown in 2020 
by events that we never expected. And a number of you have expressed those concerns in the face of great uncertainty. I get that. But I don't want those worries to keep you from experiencing the goodness of God. A bit like pumpkin pie, sometimes you just have to try something to find out if it's good. David writes in Psalm 34 verse 9, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Psalm 34 is an invitation to give God the benefit of the doubt to try him for yourself and to see if his promises are true in your life, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Again, this psalm doesn't promise a perfect life, but it does promise a blessed life, a life without shame, a life that brings peace, verse 14, a life that experiences the comfort of knowing that someone hears you when you cry out, a life where there is something greater than any difficulties you face. That's worth giving thanks about, isn't it? Will you pray with me? Psalm 34 begins, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Lord, we lift up your name. We give you majesty. We give you honor. We give you praise. We bless you for all of the ways that you've looked after us in this strange, strange year. We thank you that we are here. We thank you that we can hear your word preached, even if it's over a camera. We thank you that you still speak into every one of our lives. Father, for those of us who are afflicted and are calling out to you, Father, hear their prayers and we ask for deliverance. But Father, we trust that no matter what we face, our deliverance comes ultimately through the Lord Jesus who will bring us into your kingdom where there'll be no more crying and no more pain forever and ever. And we pray this, blessing your name, praising your name, lifting your name high in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join with me in prayer. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Father, we come before you in prayer, giving you thanks and praise for the opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving. Continue to give us hearts that are full of gratitude for all that you have done for us in Jesus. Lord, we bring before you our monthly prayer meeting that will be on next Tuesday. Help us to come together in repentance and faith, bringing our requests before you, knowing you act according to your will. Father, give us a desire to pray for the lost to know Jesus to pray for our community and to share the good news of salvation in Jesus with others. Lord, we pray for our church to be bold in inviting friends, family, workmates and neighbours to our online Christmas services. We particularly pray for our cookie decorating event run by Charlotte and for many children to attend and to have fun. 
May this be a time that you use to build and grow your church for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's definitely time to eat our turkey. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our Thanksgiving service for today. Um, as always, we'd love to know that you've been with us. Uh, so sign up uh, to our e-news or get in contact with us via the Connect card. Um, but until we see you again, goodbye and God bless. We hope to see you next week for our Christmas series as we begin that. Uh, see you then. Bye.